Hi guys, Lonre and Lisa here. We just wanted to hop in before the show to tell you how much we appreciate your support. It means so much to us, and we'd love to ask you for a small favor. If you could subscribe to our show, rate us, and write a written review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods, we would be forever grateful. And if you know someone who'd enjoy listening, please tell them about it. And of course, follow the Hippocratic hosts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to keep up with all the latest news. Thanks, everyone. You're the best. Now on with the show. Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese-Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lonre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice but don't want to be overwhelmed? Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. On this episode, we're talking about childcare. Whether you're a new parent trying to decide among the options, or you're working from home and your kid's Zoom bombing has finally gotten a bit too distracting, or you're an essential worker who can't work from home, we're here to help. We share our experiences with childcare, questions to ask any type of caregiver, and resources for finding quality, affordable options, and how you figure all of this out during a pandemic. Hey, Lonre. Hey, Lisa. So we are talking about one of my favorite things today, as weighty of a decision as it is. <laughs> right. I feel like it's one of the hardest parts, actually, about parenting littles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy trying to decide who you trust to care for your children. Right. Like, you want to have that peace of mind that someone will love and protect your kid as much as you do. So true. And especially now, right? And I know I've been seeing a lot of newborns in our office. There were a lot of pandemic pregnancies. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. Um, and parents are, you know, understandably nervous about what to do when their parental leave is over and it's time to head back to work. So more than 70% of primary caregivers work outside the home. So you are not alone if that's you. That statistic was true before the COVID-19 pandemic. And now with 40% of the workforce working from home, it's clear that even people who don't, quote, work outside the home may need childcare services for their children. Juggling distance learning for school-aged kids and teens with your work obligations is stressful, certainly, but this episode will focus more on younger kids who require even more hands-on care. You know, and we'll preface this by saying that many parents choose to stay home as the primary caregiver, you know, as as a stay-at-home parent. Sure. And some working parents are fortunate to have, you know, trusted family members or friends care for their children. Those are all great options. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't have those options, this episode is focused on how to choose childcare for kids under five years old, um, for parents who are either working outside of the home or working from home. And, you know, this can be a tough but important decision. Believe us, we've been there. As working moms ourselves, we've used a variety of childcare options between us. Um, babysitters, nannies, small childcare centers, large centers with multiple rooms, in-home family members. And we also recognize that in the U.S., childcare, or early childhood education as a whole, is grossly underfunded. So mm-hmm. families end up using a sizable amount of their budgets on childcare. So we hope that this episode provides you with resources to feel confident in your decisions. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so first question, you know, are there benefits to putting your child in child care? Well, the great thing is, you know, quality early childhood education provided by society is correlated to long-term benefits for society. So what if I told you, Lisa, if you give me $1, I'll give you back $7 or even $12? Uh, let me think. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the return on investment estimated for every taxpayer dollar that's spent on early childhood education programs like daycare and preschool, you know, between seven and twelve dollars for every dollar spent. Which that's is incredible. Just amazing. Right. You know, and of course, it's not an immediate exchange. Um, but over the course of a person's lifetime, having had a quality preschool education makes you less likely to fail a grade later in school, more likely to graduate high school, less likely to become a teen parent, less likely to become incarcerated as an adult, more likely to be employed in the future and have better health outcomes, including even your heart health. The greatest potential benefits have been found when researchers have compared kids in lower income families who go to childcare compared to those who don't. Um, but the benefits are clear across a variety of demographics. And other benefits for kids include socialization. Um, young kids learn best through play, particularly with their peers. Nutrition. Uh, some state-licensed centers are required to ensure that they're providing meals or snacks that meet health standards. Childcare also allows parents to work, increasing the financial stability of the family. Expanding the accessibility of childcare options has really enabled more women to enter the workforce especially, leading to more diversity, more leadership representation, and taking steps closer to closing the earnings gap between men and women. There's still obviously a lot more work to be done in those areas, but it's clear that the benefits of childcare, especially what we're talking about, quality, affordable childcare, extend beyond the child. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to me. Um, so let's talk about some of the different types of child care. Um, so first, you know, nanny or babysitter. And these terms are sometimes used interchangeably, nanny, babysitter. But usually a nanny is someone who you've signed a contract with, right? You've hired them for part-time or full-time work, and you're likely paying taxes on their income, as opposed to a babysitter who might be more of an as-needed help or just a few hours or day a week, and increasingly, we're seeing more nanny share options with maybe two or three families bringing their kids to one family's home where nanny cares for them during the workday. And then there's also the daycare centers. So these are licensed by the state. Um, they often may have a range of ages and maybe kids in separate rooms based on their age or their ability. Um, some may be large, some may be small, um, but they're usually, again, kind of licensed by the state, so they are um, inspected regularly. And then there are also home-based centers. So these are often run out of the home of the provider who's maybe sometimes also caring for her own children at the same time. Um, it's important to know not all states require in-home daycare providers to be licensed. So they may not be inspected or monitored by local agencies. So knowing all that, how do you decide on the type of childcare setting that's best for your child and your family? So a few points to keep in mind. One is, do you really need reliability? 
Um, a daycare center may be more reliable than a nanny in that if a daycare employee calls out sick, they usually have someone to substitute. Um, you don't have to worry about it. Whereas you may not be able to do that as easily with a nanny. If a nanny calls out sick, it's completely up to you to find someone to replace the nanny for that day. On the other hand, daycares often follow local school calendars and may be closed on holidays that you have to work, uh, while you may be able to negotiate those holidays with a nanny. Another thing to consider is, do you need flexible hours? A nanny may be more flexible with early morning or late evening hours, which, you know, we have known as physicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, you know, I have definitely been that mom at 629 running into the daycare to avoid that $10 per minute late fee to pick up my child before they close at 630. <laughs> right. And, you know, related to that to that is that a nanny in your home eliminates the need to have that, like, frenetic packing up of everything and dropping off your child each morning. <laughs> Um, do you prefer smaller groups of children? A nanny or an in-home daycare may be a better option for you. And what about cost? Well, cost varies. Daycare centers are usually the least expensive, but certainly can still be a huge chunk of your budget. So in terms of our personal experiences, um, in my family's case, when I had to return to work, my husband and I put our daughter in a daycare center. And we moved during that period, so she experienced daycare centers in two different states. And she turned out to be a baby who is particularly susceptible to ear infections, and we'll talk about sicknesses in just a bit. But right at that time, we met another family with a daughter the same age, so we decided to try a nanny share. And it was a great experience that allowed the girls to bond. They're actually still good friends today at age 11, despite living in different states. And it also allowed each family a couple of days a week with an empty house since our nanny and the girls switched houses every day and at least one adult in each house was working from home at the time. And then once each family started having more children, it made more practical sense for us to go the single family nanny route. And then that's what we did until my youngest started school. And we enjoyed, you know, not having to pack the kids up, um, having the nanny's hours based on our schedules rather than a sort of a standard county schedule. Uh, we enjoyed the kids being able to bond with our nanny since sometimes there was employee turnover at the daycare center. And we also really appreciated our nanny being able to do homeschool and social activities with the kids, ones that she came up with on her own or others that we suggested. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, we've had um, good experiences, too, I would say. So with our oldest, who's five, she um, spent most of her time, you know, after I went um, back to work. And, you know, at some point, we had family members helping. Um, but when before she turned a year, she started going to a daycare. Um, and she loved it. She's she was and is a very social child. So, when she had an audience, like she <laughs> thrived, <laughs> you know, like I'd walk in and she's like holding court in the daycare. <laughs> um, so it worked really well. And she really bonded with the daycare um, providers. Um, we, she got went to a couple different ones um, and over the you know three years or so that she went to went to daycare um, and it was a great experience for us you know there is like the packing of the food and all that in the morning um, but then knowing that she had like a variety of 
you know, of activities in the daycare center. And they would go on like little trips and go to the library or go to a park. Um, and it was nice for her to be able to have those experiences. Um, we've also done like part-time babysitter. Um, we had someone who would help us pick her up from daycare and bring her home and kind of do some activities, maybe start dinner um, for those nights when we were both working late. Um, so I feel like the kind of takeaway for me is that, you know, once you make a decision, don't feel like you're deciding something for life, right? That's you can such always, a good point. Yes. Yeah, you can always change, you know, your decision as to where they go or, you know, you may even need like a scaffolding of options. So <laughs> yeah. like they're in daycare and you have like the part-time babysitter, you know, um, or you have you know, family help and you have a nanny. Um, and it just kind of depends on what your family needs and what you're comfortable doing. So when should you start searching for a child care option? So we definitely recommend starting at least researching at least three months before you want to place your child in child care. Um, so that gives you some time to look at the options in the area um, and to get on a list, you know, if, if you need to or, um, or to get things ready for your own schedule. Um, if you live in a big city, you may want to start even earlier. You know, we have friends who've put their kids on a waiting list, like, as soon as they found out that they were pregnant. <laughs> yes. You know, knowing that many daycares have, like, a year-long wait time or even longer. Um, so it's, maybe it's it's never, like, too early, you know, to start researching. Um, <laughs> but, like, certainly at least three months beforehand. I know people in certain parts of the world must think that's insane. but It is, yeah. It, but <laughs> that is definitely reality where we live. So... So where should you search for this uh, for this ideal childcare situation? <laughs> so uh, one place to think about is your state or locality's online registry of daycares. The benefit is that to be listed on these registries, they all have to be licensed centers, or at least the um, site will denote which are licensed and which are not. Uh, we recommend using childcare.gov to easily find each state's directories for childcare. And that website also has educational resources on what to look for in child quality childcare and recommendations for paying for childcare, including discounts, sliding scale fees, and tax credits. And like, did you also know that there are special programs to help military families afford childcare? Those kinds of details are all on that website. And then there are sites like care.com that are a repository of different types of childcare. Uh, individual nannies and babysitters to large centers, and typically the childcare provider will place an ad for themselves uh, themselves that you would then answer. And um, you know there are other websites like Care.com is not sponsoring this episode, but that's just an example of of that type of site. Then there are local nanny agencies which tend to charge a large fee but provide uh, closer, more um, tailored service where they kind of do all the work and bring all the candidates to you and all you need to do is choose. And then there are online searches like Yelp or even Google. Uh, you can see reviews from people who have used those childcare centers, but those broad search websites can be a bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, and you also don't necessarily know the motivation of people who leave reviews in those settings. So we generally have found it more helpful to use a more structured site like care.com or our state's registry. And then don't forget good old fashioned word of mouth. Uh, you know, a recommendation from other parents or your child's pediatrician can be extremely helpful. Sometimes that can be even more trustworthy than online reviews. Actually, I'd probably yeah. say more most of the time. Right. I would agree. 
I would agree. So then now you're at the point where, okay, you've decided on the type of child care. And let's say you decide to go with a child care center. Uh, we wanted to give you some questions to ask them. The list of questions could fill this whole episode, right? <laughs> but, you know, we'll highlight at least some of the most important ones here um, and provide a link in the show notes for a more comprehensive list. So let's say, you know, you're going on a tour of the child care center. You know, what kinds of questions would you want to ask? Um, so certainly ask if they're licensed. You know, it's not always a requirement for in-home daycares in all areas, as we mentioned, um, but it is required for these daycare centers. You know, finding a place that's licensed, you know, it's not a requirement, right? But it might give you peace of mind in knowing that it's regularly inspected by state officials. You know, also ask about their provider to child ratio. So for young babies especially, you want to look for a place that has one adult caring for two or maybe three babies at a time. You know, for older kids, a larger ratio of providers to children is certainly acceptable. Um, but babies who need, they can't really do anything on their own, right? Like they need someone to change their diaper, to feed and to soothe and all of that. Um, so it's really important to know kind of how busy that particular caregiver will be um, and how many other kids they're caring for. Certainly ask about the different kinds of activities that are available. So what does their daily schedule look like? Um, do they let each child kind of fall into their own schedule around feeding and sleeping? Or do they like everyone to have you know a meal together at the same time and have nap time together at the same time? You know, also ask, do they follow a curriculum that touches on different aspects of development? You know, like language skills or motor skills or social skills. You know, that's part of that, you know, 7 to $12 return on investment. You know, <laughs> places that have these like curricula and, um, and really focus on your child's development. Um, that's where you get that really positive um, return as your child um, gets older and is learning. And especially learning those social skills is really important. Um, and then, you know, ask also about accommodations for kids with special needs. You know, if you have a child with special needs, asking about teacher training and their comfort with children with disabilities. Um, and if there's any special equipment or toys that they have, you know, that's all really important. And even if your child does not have special needs, there are benefits to having your child in an inclusive setting that includes kids with and without disabilities. You know, kids um, can learn early in life to see people with disabilities as people first, you know, which may build more empathy as they grow. And then, of course, take a tour, you know, look for how the teachers interacting with the kids, look for the cleanliness, you know, their play equipment indoor and outdoor at their kitchen and their eating facilities, you know, and if there are places that they're not showing you on the tour, ask <laughs> to see them because that could be a red flag. You know, you want to be sure that everywhere that your child could potentially go or where their food may be, for example, that you've been able to see it and you feel comfortable sending your child there. And then similarly, what are the questions that you need to ask a potential nanny? Remember that this is a job interview with you as the employer. So when you're looking for a nanny and you're um, interviewing different candidates, you want the candidate that you're speaking with, you want their responses to make you feel that you can trust this person with your children. So pay attention to your gut and don't ignore anything that may feel like a red flag. Uh, here are some main questions. When I was interviewing multiple people, 
I would print out these questions on a sheet of paper for each candidate and then write down their answers on their particular sheet so that I could review them later without getting candidates mixed up. So first of all, what do you like best about being a nanny and what is most challenging? So this question can provide useful information. So if a candidate says that the most challenging part of being a nanny is being bored or dealing with kids crying, that could be telling since a lot of childcare may naturally involve boredom or crying. <laughs> and what do you look for in an employer or family? This question can help set expectations for you and your family as well as for the nanny. It's really useful to know ahead of time kind of what they see you doing or how they see you playing your part in this future relationship if they do end up working for your family. Next, have you ever had to handle an emergency with a child? Very important to know that if, God forbid, an emergency were to happen with your child, that you could trust your nanny to keep a cool head and do the right thing. Also, what are your methods for comforting children and what are your methods for disciplining them? So no matter what their personal beliefs, your nanny must be willing to adhere to your rules and your philosophy for your children. Mm -hmm. And then ask if they're willing to assist with other tasks that you might need help with, like preparing the child's dinner or doing light housework. And another question that's important to ask is, have you ever had a conflict with a boss and how would you resolve one? Now, I remember a nanny candidate telling me, quite candidly, more details than I wanted to know about several conflicts that she'd had with several oh, former families. And in a situation like that, proceed with caution. Or run the other way. <laughs> right. There is a good chance your family could be the next story in her list. <laughs> and, you know, another question to ask is, what do you do to ensure that you're on time? If you have to be at your job on time, then this is going to be really important. This can help you determine whether punctuality is a priority for them and whether their lateness is going to end up making you late. And check out our show notes at HippocraticHost.com for a link to a website with even more questions to ask childcare centers and nannies. So hopefully those questions are helpful. Um, so now if you are going the nanny route, you'll want to check with their references. So always, always ask for references from any nanny candidates, preferably former families that they've cared for. Uh, that's so true, because I once had a candidate who could only provide references from her mom and her sister. So unsurprisingly, a red flag. <laughs> huge red flag, huge red flag. And, you know, I actually interviewed um, like a, a woman who was going to be our part-time babysitter who also had a part-time nanny job. And that family gave such like a glowing reference that that's huge. Um, yeah, that like pushed us to, you know, to decide to hire her. So you might find that it takes you one way versus another. Um, so some good questions to ask them, you know, how well do you know this nanny? Um, and related to that, how long did she work for you? Um, so you get a sense of, you know, how much um, credence to put to this reference. Mm -hmm. um, so you can ask what are her best qualities and what are her worst qualities? Um, and, you know, sometimes you may hear, oh, there are no, you know, she has no bad qualities. But really, you know, try to push that a little bit. No one is perfect. It's good to know exactly what it is that you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. You can also ask, you know, were your kids excited to see her? Um, so that's a way of getting to, you know, what was her interactions like with the kids? That's that's who she's really working for, right? <laughs> um, any concern with trustworthiness or difficulties in performing her required tasks? You know, are you going to have to be checking in on her regularly or going, you know, uh, worried about sort of what she may be doing with your children? 
Um, also ask, of course, you know, why did you stop working together? And it might be a benign reason, you know, someone moved or um, job changed. Um, but if there's some reason around, you know, her behavior or trustworthiness, that's definitely a red flag. Right. I actually think that question is one of the most important, because what if it's just that the nanny quit because she found a better option? But if all your references, relationships with the nanny ended that way, then that you know, might make you concerned about how long she intends her relationship right. with your family to last. Right, right, right. Like how how committed right. will she be or will she always have like one foot out the door? Right. Um, and then, of course, you know, would you recommend her for the unsupervised care of children? You know, so like, would you hire her again type of question? So those are all great questions to ask when you're talking with a reference for your nanny to really get that bigger picture view. Because in an interview, of course, everyone's going to come with their best selves. Um, but hopefully you'll you know, get to understand sort of how they work in real life um, as you talk to one of the references. And then there's the issue of nanny contracts. Always have a signed contract in writing that specifically lays out your nanny's hours, expected duties, and this is where to include if you've agreed that she'll do something like laundry or housework outside of childcare. Um, that also lays out the nanny's pay, benefits, days off, etc. And running it by an attorney is never a bad idea, and that could protect you both in the case of unforeseen circumstances. And care.com and nanny agencies also have lots of resources to help you tackle nanny taxes as well. And you know, having a contract, honestly, it's a great idea even if it's someone that you're hiring as a babysitter, like right. we did that for the person that we hired um, just to pick up our daughter, you know, two or three days a week. It was, it was just a, it felt like we had some peace of mind having that yes. contract in place so that everyone's on the same page. There are no questions. Everything's in writing. Um, and she found it really helpful too, actually. And we even put things, you know, just to be very clear, like there will be no smoking, you know, right. or, you know, whether you're in the car or at home or, you know, anything like that. Um, and no, no visitors, like just being very clear about things that, you know, should go without saying, mm -hmm. but some things should go in writing um, just to right. be safe. So let's pivot and talk about child care in the time of COVID. So, <laughs> you know, kids in daycare, we all know, you know, they do tend to get more of these common childhood illnesses, like colds and ear infections, you know, compared to those kids who are not in a setting with multiple other children. But we also know that kids who are exposed to these viruses earlier on are, in general, less likely to be sick later in childhood, which means fewer days lost from school when they're actually counting attendance when it, when it matters more. <laughs> um, so, you know, with kids in daycare more likely to catch these common illnesses than those who are not, there is that theoretical risk that they would be at higher risk of catching covid but the good news is that data from the CDC and other researchers have not shown widespread outbreaks in child care centers in the way that we've seen from, you know, bars and restaurants or large family gatherings. There are lots of theories about this. You know, many centers require, you know, all adults and all kids over two to wear masks if they're not eating. You know, some element of social distancing is typically enforced um, in, uh, in daycare centers, at least maybe in sort of more of the preschool three to five year old range. Um, kids can certainly catch COVID, but they may not be very effective at spreading those large droplets that are needed to transmit the virus. 
And we have an episode number 11 on COVID kids and pandemic academics that's fully dedicated to COVID and kids. So, you know, take a listen to that episode for COVID specific questions to ask any child care provider that you might be considering. So, you know, the bottom line is that sending your child to daycare during the COVID-19 pandemic is a personal choice. You have to weigh your work obligations, your rate of local community transmission, your child's age and ability to wear a mask or understand social distancing, and of course, the child care center's regulations for reducing viral transmission. There really is no clear right or wrong answer, but the data hopefully are reassuring for those who do choose to put their children in daycare. So that takes us to our physician mom hack of the week. So let's say you've decided to hire a nanny or a babysitter. And again, as the employer, you are setting that hourly rate. But how do you decide what's equitable for the nanny and how do you balance that with your own budget? Like, what number do you just kind of you know pull out of a hat um, <laughs> and say, so here's your hourly, hourly rate? Um, so the great thing is Care.com has an online calculator with guidance on how much to pay a nanny or a babysitter. Um, so you put in, like, your zip code, and it also depends on the person's level of experience, the number of children they'll be caring for. So you put in that information, um, and then it gives you a range um, or, you know, sort of what to um, consider offering to the nanny. It's super helpful. It also gives you something to back up your decision with. So when you offer that amount to um, to a potential candidate, you can sort of say, like, I actually didn't pull out of a hat. You know, <laughs> it came from, uh, you know, some type of evidence, you know, or some recommendation from a well-known website. Um, so definitely try that as your hack. And again, this is not a sponsored recommendation. Um, you know, Care.com is not paying us to say this, uh, but just something that we found helpful to use in the past. So, friends... That brings us to the end of season one of Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. What a journey it's been since we launched in April of 2020. We have had such a great time this year exploring everything from COVID to anti-racism to politics to book recommendations and more, and we've loved connecting with all of you. We will return with season two in May. And in the meantime, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share the show with a friend. Stay healthy, everyone, and see you soon. Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers. And all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice, nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.